All week long, what did we hear from all of the college football experts leading up to Statement Saturday? Alabama is going to destroy LSU. LSU doesn't have a chance to beat Alabama. Alabama over LSU by a billion. In fact, one of the hosts of this podcast said similar things to that as well. You see, I thought I was being the smart one. I was the guy telling people to be careful. LSU's better than y'all think. And the Tigers have already been tested multiple times this season and have damn near passed them all. Meanwhile, Alabama had not been tested, not even once. Well, statement Saturday is over, and the experts, including Grant, were proven correct about the Alabama-LSU game. I know this is an Oklahoma football podcast, and you all want to hear me talk about the Sooners, and we'll talk a bunch about that OU Tech game here in a moment. But I've got a question for you all. What's the point? Alabama passed its biggest test of the season with flying colors. LSU is by far the best defense Bama will face this year, at least until the college football playoff, and LSU's defense is top-notch. If Tua and that offense can rack up nearly 600 yards of offense on LSU in Baton Rouge at night, does anybody else really have a chance to win this thing? I know OU and Alabama played at the same time last night, so many of you probably didn't get a Really good chance to watch Bama LSU very closely. I recommend going back this week and watching that game and then asking yourself, could Oklahoma stop Alabama from scoring on even one possession? Sure, the Sooners defense got some stops in the Rose Bowl last year against a really nice Georgia offense, particularly in the first half. But this Alabama offense is on a different level. It's almost on the same level as Oklahoma's offense. I've been somewhat skeptical of Alabama this season because the Tide hadn't played anybody with a pulse on defense. Well, the Crimson Tide has now, and I'm not skeptical anymore. Unfortunately, add me to the super long list of college football pundits who are saying incredibly generic stuff like, well, everybody else is just playing for second place this year. (sighs) I'm Lee Benson. This is West of Everest. Two-point conversion for the tie. Seth Collins going to throw it, and it's intercepted in the end zone. Robert Barnes bringing it down the sideline. Robert Barnes picking up his blockers. Robert Barnes for two the other way. Robert Barnes welcomes us into the show today. His interception return for two points gave the Sooners a little momentum in the fourth quarter after Texas Tech scored a touchdown and nearly tied the game with its backup quarterback playing the entire second half. OU survives Lubbock 51-46. What's up, everybody? Real quick, just a reminder that you can find us all on Facebook. Just search West of Everest. Give us a like to stay up to date with the show, and also that gives you the ability to reach out and interact with Grant and I. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lee Benson News 9. Grant is at Grant Benson 25. Some of you were following along with me on Twitter during the OU Tech game Saturday night. I think uh, following along with Grant as well. It's always fun to see you all jumping into the comments uh, and then the replies as well. Even if I don't get back to you on Twitter, I I really do appreciate the interaction. It makes the game a little more fun sometimes whenever I'm not not at the games. And and as this season progresses, I won't be able to go to as many games because I'll have to be back in Oklahoma City at News 9 at the Anchor Desk. Uh, Also, feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and also subscribe to the show on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of this five-star rated show. Yeah, it's just that good. 
We've got a lot of thoughts about Saturday's game. Plus, we'll go over your three-word reviews later in the show. So let's have some fun. As I bring in Grant now, I've got a question for you, Grant, to get the ball rolling. What's your biggest headline following OU's win over Tech? I think mostly it's just clear that Oklahoma is a really inconsistent team, and they're heavily flawed. But having that been said, they still have maybe the best units in the entire country, their offense, and... You know, anything can really happen when they play. But really, Lee, that, I mean, that was a garbage football game last night. Just just not good football all the way around. And I think that's one that we should just rightly leave in the uh, in the rearview mirror and really just hopefully forget about it. That was just not, not good football at all last night. Yeah, I'm f- I mean, I, I understand the idea of certain games just not even watching back the film and throwing it in the trash and moving on. But at the same time, though, at this stage of the season, it's so late in the year. I mean, we got to take stuff from each game because, I mean, that's an incredibly important game and a game you'd hope Oklahoma was incredibly prepared to play. And it it didn't seem like from the jump that the Sooners were ready. I mean, it seemed like the defense was ready to go, but weirdly enough, Kyler Murray was not ready to go for the first couple of series. And we'll get into that, obviously, moving forward. But my biggest headline, and I, I guess I should have done this in a headline form, but instead I just did this as a long paragraph, but... Uh, I guess my long, big headline is, even with Mike Stoops out the door, this Oklahoma defense is still a ways away from being a unit that can help Oklahoma's offense win a national championship. And I think I finally discovered the problem. And this is probably something that a lot of people have been saying or maybe have have identified prior to me, and I just have been kind of too blind to to really go go forward and admit to it. But I think last night really open my eyes a bit grant the secondary is just not very good and this is a group that I've claimed has the most talent of any position group on defense and perhaps even the entire team that's not right Uh, the tech game provided evidence to me over and over again that Oklahoma secondary just does not understand simple coverage concepts Oklahoma is terrible at playing zone defense which is legitimately the easiest defense to play as a member of the secondary When the Sooners dropped eight guys into coverage and only rushed three, which Oklahoma did way too many times on Saturday night, it was almost exclusively a free chunk yardage play for Texas Tech. There was a couple times where they were able to to force incomplete passes, but mostly it was big plays that moved the not not only moved the chains, but got Tech out of second down and 20 uh, first down and 15. Um, you know, this is going to sound weird to me, uh, to, to you out there maybe, but I think it, it, this is a true statement. Oklahoma has too many people in coverage at times, which is actually confusing them. These guys just, they don't look football smart enough to make the correct reads and limit throwing lanes and break on passes and, 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 and break balls up most of the time. And, and this includes the linebackers as well, you know, when they drop eight into coverage. I, I just... Last night's game, or we record this on Saturday or on Sunday, just the team, Oklahoma, is downright atrocious at playing zone defense, and that's truly unacceptable. And to me, the general theme seems to be that they don't understand where their help is going to be within the zone. They, they don't seem to be thinking ahead to what the opposing wide receiver's routes may be based on the situation and the down and the distance. And so, again, my biggest headline is that the Oklahoma defense is still a problem. Uh, not as big as a problem as it was a month ago, but it's still a problem, and it's mostly because of the secondary. Uh, either there's not really a lot of talent there, and I was just completely wrong about my assessment during the preseason, or this group is just being poorly coached. 
So that's my long spiel about the secondary and, and my big headline. Uh, so I, I, I guess that, that gets the ball rolling. And, and what we do on these podcasts is we start with the defense because the defense has been the biggest issue for not just this year, but last year too. So after hearing, hearing my big headline, Grant, uh, it was a little more, I guess, detailed on last night's game than yours was. It sounds like you kind of just want to throw this game away and forget about it, which I understand. But uh, uh, let's, let's get this going on the defense. Um, what uh, React to, to, to my big headline. Well, first of all, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think they obviously need to get better at playing zone defense. Uh, your tone, though, is kind of confusing to me. I mean, it's like uh, we, we knew what this team was. There's no reason to be this down on it. And I think you do need to pump the brakes just a little bit. Um, Trey Brown is a great player in the secondary. He's the best player on the defense right now. I thought Robert, I thought Trey Brown and Robert Barnes were the two best players on the defense last night. Um, I mean, those are two good players right there, Lee. Uh, I think I think Buki being out was was a much bigger deal than a lot of us are are um, are thinking about, as well as Cleo Houghton being out because Jordan Parker obviously had some growing pains last night and had some some instances where he was out of position or, or didn't make a very uh, or, or didn't make a play when he had a chance to. So you know, I I and and not to mention there were some plays, Lee, where I thought um, Oklahoma could not could not have defended it any better and they were bailed out, you know, or Texas Tech was bailed out by referees or another case of Parnell Motley, Antoine Wesley just making a really good NFL play. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that this defense is like good by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know, your, your tone just kind of seems like you're, you're resigned and it's over and you're not maybe realizing this is just kind of what this team was. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think they played well last night, but I, I, I didn't think they were terrible last night. I think they've played much worse in games this year than they did last night. Oh, certainly, certainly. They, I mean, that nothing's ever going to take the cake of the Texas game unless they somehow make the college football playoff and has to face Alabama and probably don't get a stop the entire game. Yeah. I, 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 I know that's hyperbolic. I know, but it, it just it's it's hard to watch uh, Alabama play LSU and LSU's defense play pretty darn well against Alabama, and Alabama still is able to rack up damn near 600 yards no I mean I think they I, I think they definitely need a, a new voice in that program on you know how to coach and teach defense I, I think that absolutely needs to happen uh, what we're seeing right now is they're I mean it, it's patchwork and they're doing what they have to do just to get by for this season um, and really Lee the reality is if Kyler Murray didn't put the defense and in, in terrible spots a couple times and uh, they didn't call a, a just a blatantly awful pass interference on Parnell Motley in the end zone. Really, Lee, Oklahoma's defense gives up like 27 points. They win this game 50-something to 27, and everyone's really happy. That actually is the reality of the situation. I'm glad that you brought that up because we were texting a bit last night after the game and and I, even during the game, and I, I said to you, I said, you know, this is a – you know, my tone is very negative now, and, and I, I'll try to go into more details later of, of – just why I feel so strongly about the way they play zone coverage and it's just it's zone coverage is really easy it's really easy and they make it look very difficult it, it should not be uh it, it should be difficult to find spaces whenever you drop eight guys and and quarterbacks seem to find a guy wide open all the time but uh you bring up the, the Kyler Murray and and yeah I certainly could not predict that Kyler Murray would throw two just atrocious and atrocious atrocious I mean, not even yeah can't even really give texas tech credit for it at all 
and that's and, and I was you know watching back the game and you know those two plays happened and and of course you know the announcers are on you know Texas Tech makes plays on defense you know and the, the they kept talking about how Texas Tech's playing better defense this year and they're confusing Kyler Murray and you watch back the tape and not not really I mean they the first one was I mean the first one was worse than the second one I I clearly Kyler just did not see that guy it was like he was invisible to Kyler Murray because it's not like that guy was was blitzing at the snap and then dropped into coverage and it was a great job by him kind of like last year in the OU Texas game where that the one of Mayfield's interception the guy was showing blitz and then dropped into coverage and and took away the running back out of the backfield on the wheel route it wasn't anything like that it was just the guy just dropped into coverage normally and Kyler threw it right to him uh but yeah they're talking about how Texas Tech's defense is just playing so much better and is better it's no not really Texas Tech's defense was not very good last night it gave up six over 600 yards to Oklahoma and Oklahoma's offense didn't play all that well and turned the ball over twice so I, I don't talk to me about how Texas Tech's defense is is better I mean I, I, I suppose we did say last week that it, it is slightly better but it's still not very good uh, so yeah it's it's difficult to really assess the defense based off of that because they were put in really poor spots immediately very first drive of the game, yeah, Oklahoma gave up a couple first downs, but got off the field and got the Oklahoma offense the football, and that's exactly what you were hoping for in that game. Texas Tech gets the ball first. All right, that means Oklahoma's getting the ball to start the second half. The defense gets a stop, getting the ball to the Oklahoma's offense, and Kyler throws a pick like that and sets up Tech at the three-yard line. That was uh, certainly surprising, and then I know you texted me when it was 14 nothing, and you were one of, you said, oh, they're going to lose this game. <laughs> Oh yeah, and you know that was your I, I emotional mean, fan coming out. Yeah, I mean that happens when I'm watching games. I mean I watch games emotionally, just like every other fan does. And yeah, I mean I've I've seen the script way too many times. I thought it was, um, I, I thought that was actually one of the more ironic things about the game last night. Lee is that uh, poise and discipline were a recurring theme, or lack of poise and discipline were a reoccurring theme the entire night. Yet they still got down by two touchdowns in the first quarter, and they came back and won. Still. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that's just if you have to praise their poise in that situation or maybe it was just an uneven game from that standpoint from them or maybe they're just they're just so good on offense and so much better than Texas Tech that it didn't matter. Um, but still, you know, I um, let's you are being negative. I want to kind of go just let's how about how about something positive again about the defense? I thought Lee the front like the defensive line and the linebackers did a really good job of just pretty much shutting down Texas Tech's running game. They had pretty zero success running the ball last night. Yeah, and that's uh, one of my notes. And this is a, a podcast where you know, normally you and I have lots of notes, but the game ended so late last night, and I did watch back. Uh, I watched back the first half closely, took some notes, and I watched back the second half when I got home, just more just kind of viewing it just to kind of refresh. It didn't take a whole lot of notes on it. And plus, the second half was kind of weird. And I mainly watched the defense because I wanted to watch the defense. And with Jet Duffy in the second half, it's that made it difficult, too, to judge the defense because the defense played pretty well in the second half until the end. But Alan Bowman was out. But anyways, the, you mentioned the defensive line. Uh, the defensive line has turned into the strength of the defense, Grant. And it's becoming increasingly clear to me that now that that 3-4 scheme that they'd been playing the last couple of years was not playing to their strengths. And the even front gives Oklahoma's defense the best chance to be competitive. And we saw that against Texas Tech last night. And we've, we've seen it against Kansas State and, and TCU the last couple of weeks whenever they've been in an even front. And during the preseason, Lincoln Riley was constantly praising the D-line 
And when the actual season began, it looked like that was just empty praise. But I think the past three games, we've seen the D-line look better than it has all season long. And it's at its best when they're in an even front. And Oklahoma's defense was at its best on Saturday when they were playing an even front. And they played a lot of... Again, you wanted to talk about it last week after the Kansas State game that Oklahoma was playing a base 4-3. And we saw that actually a lot last uh, last night on Saturday against Texas Tech on a, a team that spreads it out quite a bit, which I was surprised to see. I think I have to think that Buki being hurt had a lot to do with that. Have to think so. See, I, I would agree, but we also saw in the first half when Bowman was in there a lot of 3-3-5. Yep. which we have not seen a lot this With year. With Mark Jackson as the third linebacker. Mark Jackson and Ryan Jones kind of switching back and forth as the third linebacker. I yeah. thought that was interesting, too. So, I mean, you think, okay, well, Buki being out, that changes up. But they did play a lot of nickel. And so you think, oh, maybe with Buki out, we're not going to play a bunch of nickel. But they actually did play a bunch of nickel, and then uh, then they, they went to their, their third down dime package a little bit. I mean, just about as much as they have been all year, which you think against a team like Texas Tech, they would go to that dime package more which I was kind of hoping they would, and they didn't. So I, the, 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 yeah, the, Lee, I mean, the I, three I think three it five was, was a was a mostly a complete failure when they went down when they went to the three three five and only rushed three and dropped eight. It just it did not work most of the time. It doesn't work. They're they're just not. I I think this is a really athletic defensive line for Oklahoma, but there's just not a whole lot of natural pass rushers on there. I mean, and it's tough okay. to get. It's tough to get a, a pass rush whenever you're rushing only three, and Texas Tech has five guys to block, and sometimes yeah, no, I a running back. I mean, I agree. What are they supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the the defensive game plan was certainly frustrating going in. I, I think the 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 conservativeness of it was was frustrating to everyone who was watching. I thought, you know, they they certainly took you know the conservative dumb it down mantra kind of to an extreme in this game. It seemed like. Um, I don't know, Lee. To me, it seemed like Texas Tech in in the first half when when Bowman was having success, it really was just taking whatever OU was giving them. That's all it was. Yeah, I mean, on the first drive that actually resulted in Oklahoma getting Tech off the field, three of the plays in that drive were were legitimately Bowman seeing seven yards of cushion uh, against his his far wide receiver and then just five-yard out routes, nine yards. Five yards, first down, three yards. And sometimes Trey Brown would come up and make a nice tackle, but the pass would be complete, first down. I mean, it's just he was taking it, kind of like how we talked about on the preview podcast, about he'll see that and he'll gladly just take it. And uh, and then they mixed in, you know, when they, when they got the ball back and down near the goal line, they, they mixed in some creative plays as, you know, what we expected. You know, it's a very clever offense, as you pointed out last week and there were definitely some very clever play calls that resulted in big gains and sometimes touchdowns for Texas Tech on Saturday night yeah Texas Tech scored two touchdowns on the same variation of a variation of the same play they sort of they they faked a counter uh to the to the field side and 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 the pulling guards Lee went out and they were the lead blockers on that screen. They they scored twice. It was their second drive after this after my, after Murray's second pick. They scored on a variation of that play and they did it again in the second half. So I mean, yeah, just just really clever play calling. I don't really think and and I didn't see that at all from them in the in the tape leading up to this game. So I, I think that was new for this game. And I I watch a play like that. I, I don't think that's not defensible if you don't see that coming. I, I mean, I just I don't see how. Um, you know, maybe the first time after you get beat on it, the first time you get beat on it again, that's a little worse. And I think OU did miss some tackles on that one, but 
I don't know. I mean, like, like we said, I mean, Texas Tech's a good offensive team. They're going to make some plays. Sure. And sure. If, if they didn't, you know, if the, if the Sooners didn't turn the ball over and, you know, give Texas Tech really good field position, like, I, I think I, th- I think you probably have a defensive performance that we accept, at, you know, from from this defense. So I'm, I just, I, I take a different angle than you do, Lee, with the Alabama thing. Um, I... This this makes me just not worry as much about this game because I mean we've seen Alabama we know they're a monster and I mean they're obviously the heavy favorites to win this thing but in my mind it just it makes it that much easier just to move on from this game and realizing that nothing has really changed for Oklahoma I mean they they still need to win out and they need Notre Dame or Michigan to lose and that's it and chances are if if they're given an opportunity to be in a playoff scenario uh, they're probably not going to beat an Alabama or Clemson but when that offense steps on the field Lee anything can happen so you know I I it's just it, it's it's easy for me to move on nothing has changed and and I think I think this team can play a lot better and the you know the truth is Lee after after OU got down 14 to nothing uh the rest of the game was was pretty much in line with what Vegas thought you know how the game would go yeah I mean that's good on you and, and I understand it completely what you're saying it you're right nothing has changed and when you look uh, just as far like all-encompassing look towards the season yeah I mean it's just move on I guess I think I'm, I'm mostly just disappointed about is watching the tech tape and you know obviously Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley and all these coachings and Kerry Cooks and all the and, and Bob Diaka I mean these guys watch way more tape than we do than you and I do and you know, we saw some things on tape that, you know, that that show that you know Texas Tech doesn't really stretch the field. They don't like to throw the ball whole, you know, deep a whole lot. Uh, there, there's Alan Bowman's arm isn't particularly great. Bowman has a he's got a weak arm. It's weak. So it's just we see all these things. So you think, okay, well these coaches they 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 have to see this stuff too. I mean, they watch way more film than us. I mean, I know they want to keep things simple, but gosh, challenge the secondary. Ch- take the fight to the offense and when you're facing an offense this good this is the best offense they faced all year I was just I was really hoping for some looks and for like you know it's a it's a fresh start for Oklahoma's defense they played really well the first two times with Ruffin McNeil in and what we saw honestly looked like a defensive game plan that with, with taking out the, the the even front which we saw which is clearly a new thing with Ruffin McNeil outside of that we saw a defensive game plan that I think Mike Stoops would have brought just very very soft, very conservative. Don't don't give up any big plays. Don't let them beat you deep. We're scared. We're scared of this team. And I I, I know that I think Ruffin McNeil after the game, you know, some of the screen passes, uh, you know, concerned him later on in the game because you know when you're in man coverage and they call a screen pass, it, it makes it real difficult for the the players because if you get blocked up or you know that can bust things open. So you you play a zone to hopefully defend more against the screen pass and and Tech d- does run a decent amount of screens, but not every time. And I mean, I just there was a there was a there was some coaching scared there. And Oklahoma was, and I guess we haven't really brought this up yet. OU was pretty lucky that Alan Bowman didn't play the entire second half. I, you know, who knows what would have happened if he came back in? Because I'm just not so sure that. I mean, I, the thing is, we don't know. We don't know if they made adjustments for Alan Bowman because they brought in Jet Duffy, and the defense looked great. The first three drives of the, the second half, Texas Tech went three and out, every single one of them. But how much of that was defensive uh, adjustments at halftime, and how much of that was just Jet Duffy not being anywhere near as good as Alan Bowman? We don't know. 
And that's I don't like that. That that kind of sucks because it's difficult to judge the defense moving forward. Yeah, what do you Lee, think about I think, that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I agree with a lot of that. I I, I understand your concerns, but I'm just I I'm kind of resigned to the fact the defense isn't very good, and I I think they're right. capable of I I think they're capable of playing well at times, and I think going forward we're probably going to see them we're we're going to see them be inconsistent probably going forward. Yeah. Um. And that's you know it is what it is. We'll we'll see it. They just the offense needs to be better than they were last night. And I think that's actually kind of funny to say, considering they had nearly 700 yards of offense. <laughs> um. Yeah. But I mean, there there were times, and and I I don't know if we want to transition over to the offense now, but um, just you know it was for for whatever reason, Lee, they just they didn't seem sharp at times. They 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 left a lot of plays on the field that they've that they've taken this year. I feel like. Um, and still they had 700 yards of offense. I, I don't know. There's I, I have a lot of thoughts about the offense. Oh wow! Um, See, I I have way more thoughts about the defense. Yeah, but. I I just I I thought it was an interesting thing. It was a game in which Oklahoma, uh, at, like we said, Oklahoma just physically whipped Texas Tech all up and down the field. Um, and yet I don't feel like Oklahoma leveraged their advantage in that in that area enough in this game. Lee Dakota Allen, their their best player on defense was out in the second half. I, I don't understand um, why they didn't run the ball more, especially because they were doing it at will. Like, their shortest run of the game yesterday, Lee, was three yards. I mean, it, it was an automatic three yards at least every time they ran, and they were getting chunk plays every other play. Um, I, I really feel like if they just would have kind of put their head down and run the ball there in that third quarterly, they would have run and hide from Texas Tech, and that thing would have been over. Uh, Texas Tech had no prayer of stopping Oklahoma in that game. And the reason I bring this up, Lee, is because I, I think this is just this theme has kind of reared its ugly head again. Lincoln Riley kind of have has has lulls where he's just he's not great. He he kind of goes into 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 play calling lulls where he's uh he's he, he falls in love with the home run or he's or he's trying to make a point rather than just doing the obvious thing. And I think that happened a lot in the third quarter. And when you marry that with just a total breakdown of poise by C.D. Lamb and, and also others on the offense, that's what you get in that third quarter. Lee, that third quarter was a disaster on offense. Uh, I, I, I saw on Twitter a lot of people kind of comparing that to the third quarter in the Rose Bowl. Um, and I thought that was apt. There, there was just a, a complete breakdown of poise and intelligence, to be honest with you. I, I, th- I think... Um, when Lincoln Riley struggles, he gets into uh, just kind of this mindset where he, he tries to outthink himself, and it gets him into trouble every now and then. C.D. Lamb, after the game, and I'm reading this, uh, and I, I wasn't able to, again, wasn't able to be there in Lubbock. Uh, from Jason Kersey from The Athletic, he, he has C.D. Lamb quote. He said, C.D. Lamb said, I need to compose myself better and just, just to manage my attitude a lot better. There were a lot more things I could have did rather than just run my mouth um let's see i thought he had more quotes here but whatever so uh, you know obviously he yeah that was this is that was dumb i i don't i just, I just don't have as many thoughts so, yeah I, I think you have good points uh, i just i guess i just didn't i i most of my thoughts are on the defense because i know texas tech's offense is their defense is not very good so i was so wasn't even though the game was i guess within one score i just i knew that i just had confidence that once oklahoma had the football and they they would thing is like when they needed to, they stuck to the run. I mean, that's how, you know, Trey Sermon was great and it worked. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, they, Lincoln Riley always likes to, to, 
to push the whole like, you know, we got to separate. We got to separate, separate. And you're right. In the third quarter, they, they probably should have ran the ball more because they could have ended up separating from Jet Duffy and Texas Tech. And they allowed Tech to, to stay in it because OU's defense was getting Tech's offense off the field. And weirdly enough, Oklahoma's offense only got that that long touchdown to Lee Morris to give him the lead. But, you know, that was it. They, they weren't able to really do anything else after that. But, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's a good point because you'd hope that that Lincoln Riley would learn you know, from that Rose Bowl, that's what we talked about, you know, after the Rose Bowl is like, gosh, this is this is a tough environment to hopefully learn a big time lesson. It just sucks that it comes in this spot in a national semifinal game. Uh, yeah, you're, you're well, I think it I, I think it, I think it really brings up questions about Lincoln Riley. I mean, C.D. Lamb had a meltdown, Lee, and he didn't even come off the field once. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying like in an rigid way. Oh, you get a you get a penalty, you should come off the field. I, I'm more in the sense that he was hot and clearly was not in the right frame of mind. He, not only he, did he, he not come off the field, he was targeted on the very next play. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it was just a really weird night for the offense, which again, like I say, is ironic because they had nearly 700 yards. I thought I thought a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. Lee. they were utterly dominant. Uh, I mean, just utterly dominant. It, it was, yeah. uh, I, that, that's why I, I guess it's easy to say in hindsight now, but I mean, they, in the second half, they could have just ran the ball every single play and they would have scored on every single drive. It, it, they were that dominant uh, on like the, the Texas Tech defensive line was, was being pushed back four or five yards every play. Y- you can tell Lee late in games when the, uh, w- when the polling linemen on the, on, on the GT counter tray, uh, when they get like a, a full head of steam going, that's when you can tell uh, that okay, the the offensive line is getting into a, a rhythm. Because I, I mean, you could you could tell in the second half that you know when Bobby Evans and Cody Ford would pull around, like they, they they were going through the hole with a whole head of steam, and it was just God. I'm rewatching the game now. I just saw the first awful pass interference call on Robert Barnes. God, the officiating was terrible. Gosh, you were just night. jumping. You were jumping all over. I'm the place. sorry. You were I know. I just. Over. I wouldn't even what done a, talking about the defense yet, and then you, for some reason you decided to talk about the I just the offense. Yeah, the the offense playing the way it, to me wasn't just wasn't that particularly interesting because the offense is really good. Uh, you make good points though about the play calling because you know in in the future that could end up biting them again against a better team and with a better defense. I, I agree with you there. Uh, I mean, looking at the the stats, I mean, seven point three yards per rush. I mean, just get, I mean, the last three games have been just you know, the, the theme. Has been the offensive line is gelling. It's it, now that Creed Humphrey solidified the center spot. Blah 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 blah. And the offensive line is awesome. And they're playing against defenses that Oklahoma's offensive line should dominate. And there really isn't any. There's not a whole lot of defenses out there that would be able to match up well with Oklahoma's offensive line. I can name uh, Alabama, Clemson, maybe Michigan, and maybe LSU. And maybe Georgia ish, but I know Georgia's not as good last year as they were. Not LSU. Or this year as they not were. Not LSU. OU's O line would whip LSU. LSU is just okay up front. They're not. LSU is really good in the back seven. Their their defensive line is is not the strength of their defense at all. So yeah, I, I mean Oklahoma's offensive line is just elite. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And so it's good that it's happening right now. Uh, yeah, weird game. Um, I mean, I mentioned that you're kind of jumping around. Yeah, let's let's go back to the defense just for a second. I I got something that's going to make you annoyed about that touchdown that Texas Tech scored after Murray's second pick because you brought it up earlier, 
And he said it was a really clever play call, and he hadn't really seen that on film. But you know, you know what's going to make you really mad? That uh, you know, it, it looked to me that Trey Norwood and Robert Barnes were both getting held pretty good on that play down the field. Which you know, whatever it it wasn't like blatant like they were Dolly getting hold held, but it looked like they were getting held. But what? Uh, let's see, where is it? What's uh, what's what's going to make you really mad if you go back and watch that play? One of Tech's offensive linemen is is downfield. Should have been a flag. They had an eligible guy downfield. If you if you throw it behind the line of scrimmage, though, I don't think it matters. Oh, he he, he threw a. It was a forward pass, though. I thought. It doesn't if it's if it's behind the line of scrimmage, I don't think it matters. Hmm. I'll have to go back and look at it. Was it, I, I think it might have been still in front, wasn't it? Maybe not. Eh, maybe. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe that's maybe I'm I'm wrong about that, but. Because like he, there was one guy that was giving like a straight run read, and he was four yards downfield, and everybody else wasn't. So no, I mean eh. the 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 calls that I'm most upset about are obviously the Parnell Motley one in the uh, in the end zone that that wiped out the pick uh, that directly led to a Texas Tech touchdown, and then of course the um, the the one where they the the touchdown run for Texas Tech, like the thirty yard one where there was a blatant hold on Kenneth Murray in the in the hole. Um, uh, I watched that, that back. I that that wasn't. I didn't think that was like blatant. I don't know. Like that was not that big of a deal. There was there was way more plays on the uh, last night where it looked like guys were getting grabbed and held downfield that weren't called. That one didn't. Uh, that one didn't look like that big of a deal to me. I don't I, think that was I that dis- big of a deal. I disagree. It complete. I, it like it directly led to the touchdown. Like, I think that well no Blake it it just didn't look like it was that big of a it didn't really look like he got held that bad or so like I I think your argument should be if if that if that wasn't called then the hold against Bobby Evans in the third quarter should not have been called either because that was very brief and not really a big deal and that wiped out a big play that ended up putting Oklahoma behind the chains and they had to oh really I thought the I I thought the Evans one was pretty was, was pretty obvious I I thought they both kind of looked similar. Like there really wasn't much there. So, and I like, again, you know, to, to be as, as generic and general as possible, holding could be called on pretty much every single play. Yeah. I mean, you, you watch these, these players and these plays. I mean, like it's like they're, they're clearly being taught to like get their arms and hands inside the shoulder pads. So it's not obvious and still hold and grab Jersey and stuff like that. So it, there's a, there's a skill to it. I didn't think that one was that big of a deal. The Kenneth Murray one. Uh, but the the PIs though were awful, and if you're not allowed to play, and I think I, I tweeted out, and it's you know what you know what I think a lot of it is is Oklahoma has a reputation of being a really bad defense, a poor defense, and when you have that reputa- reputation, officials might just assume, yep, that that guy's not good at coverage. It's a that's a flag. It, that looked weird. Therefore, it's pass interference, and I, it's part of it. And not to mention, it doesn't help that they are on the road. If Oklahoma had a better secondary and they were known for having a really good defense. Maybe, maybe they don't throw flags there. I, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a whole lot of with that. I mean, I that seems a little, a little weird to me. But I just, I think, I think people. I mean, everyone's human, and Oklahoma hadn't had a good secondary in a long time. They, they just don't play defense well. You know, they don't cover well, and when they do cover well, it looked weird because the other receiver fell down on the Motley interception and apparently that triggered the official to see something. And then the Robert Barnes one, it, it looked kind of awkward too because the ball was thrown weird, and, but it, it, there was nothing there. It's like, if, if they're going to call that, how do you play pass defense? I mean, and there was another one that, 
that was not called later in the game. Trey Brown should have gotten flagged for pass interference on an incomplete pass on like a second or third down in the end zone where he he had to recover. He got beat deep and he not deep. It was like a ball inside the 10 and he had to recover and he went back and hit the receiver before the ball even got there and then broke it up and they didn't throw the flag at all. So it's incredibly inconsistent, which uh, I mean, again, everyone's human. There's got there's not going to make every every call is not going to be made. No, I mean, the, the game the game was not well officiated last night. There were bad calls. They were unsure about calls. They had to meet for it seemed like twenty yeah. seconds before Gosh, they made so every call. Stop it! They lost. They they lost control of the game. There was so much chippiness that resulted in personal fouls because the refs didn't get control of the game. That was an awful crew last night. They did a terrible job. Full stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, fine. Let's. Uh, I mean the the CD. Uh, oh yeah, not to mention. I mean Cody Ford should have been ejected in the first quarter oh yeah we, we forgot that part that was I, just that was so stupid on his part i mean that so, i don't know what that guy said to him as he walked by but it had to have been something really bad to to lead forward to legitimately swing swing at him Pun- i mean he punched him i mean I, he didn't really connect that well but i mean that was a close fist which you, you got to love the I mean, everyone yeah, it's football whatever it's just a human reaction but you got to love the football guys who who punch punch people with helmets on that's yeah, that's not going to do anything, dude. You, the dude's wearing a helmet, but I know it's just a natural reaction to to swing, even though the guy's got a helmet on. But yeah, that so and it was right in front of an official. It looked like so, you know. Oh, you got lucky there. Uh, they, they're one of their best offensive linemen should have been ejected, uh, and you know Texas Tech got lucky that that PI was called and and they got a free touchdown later in the game. I don't know if that that uh, makes things even because. You know, one led to a free touchdown. The other one is a, a guy that it didn't lead to points. But you could argue that having Cody Ford in for the rest of the game led to points as well, I guess. But that, I mean, w- will the Big 12 potentially look back at that film? And I, could the Big 12 maybe suspend Ford, even though that he didn't get not kicked out of that game? Because, I mean, that was an obvious punch. I don't know. I was thinking about that, too. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there's a precedent for that. I I'm not uh, aware of the Big 12 and the history of them going back after the fact and assessing penalties or assessing uh, suspensions and punishments. So I guess we'll we'll see. I don't know. Um, Hopefully we, not. But whatever. Uh, can we can we move on? I don't want to freaking. Well, well, hold on. I got I guess I yeah. have more thoughts on the offense. Some people did play well on the offense. I thought, uh, you know, I thought for the most part. After the interceptions, I thought Kyler Murray was good. He, he was good. I don't think this was his best game of the season, but I thought he was fine after the interceptions. He wasn't as accurate as, as he's been in uh, in some spurts this year. Um, other than that, you know, I thought I, I I don't think Marquise Brown is is fully healthy. Um, what was that that weird play where he he caught it with one hand and then dropped it? I thought that I mean that was. That was that was another one of those weird plays, Lee, that I point to and I say, "Hey, they they just were off last night." That, that was such a weird play. I don't know what went on there. It makes me wonder if if uh, I can't. Did they end up scoring on that drive? I can't even remember. But I mean, that looked like a catch to me and a fumble. I mean, he he caught it, was took like two steps and then dropped it. I yeah, I, I think that can go. That can go either way. I think. I mean, that could. It was I mean, just and, weird. And he had a clear recovery of the fumble. I think they could have probably reviewed that. But yeah, I think they, they stopped have. the. I think they stopped play 137 times for reviews last night or on like, Saturday. So gosh. I'm glad. You know, it, they didn't need any more. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, I thought well, Trey Sermon obviously was really good last night. 
Um, I, I thought it was obviously really interesting that Kennedy Brooks really only touched the ball, I think, a handful of times. But Sermon was so good last night. I mean, I don't know if it was really that necessary. Lincoln Riley that, talks about hot hand when it comes to running backs. And yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad they continue to go to Sermon. He was good last night. And um, what else? Um, I thought uh, the, the two best receivers for Oklahoma last night were, were Lee Morris and Grant Calcaterra. Lee Morris was really, terrific. Yeah. Absolutely Lee, terrific. He's he's a I, I texted you, Lee, this last night. I said, Lee Morris is a very, very good college football player. Yeah. And he yeah, is. He is. And it, it's 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 crazy because he's a walk on, so we but man, I it just it, it kind of makes me think now. It, it makes me kind of upset he didn't play more last year. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know where I suppose maybe over like Jordan Smallwood. I guess. Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah. I suppose. I guess. I don't know I mean, who but, he would have yeah, played over. You know, you know, the, the Smallwood had the seniority, and he was kind of the big hulking, kind of blocking receiver for them. And um, you know, and, and Calcaterra. I mean, God bless him. I just every time he catches a pass, it seems like he gets rocked. I I, I feel bad for him because, gosh, he's had such bad luck this year. It's like he catches a pass and he gets injured, or he takes a shot. And I mean, some of that's on Kyler Murray. You can't be leading him over the middle of the field sometimes, and and. Sometimes it seems like bad luck, but yeah, he made some really nice contested catches Saturday night. And uh, I mean, Calcaterra and Morris play the same position, so they're getting some production out of that spot. I think it's the Y receiver they call it. Yep. So, and uh, yeah, clearly Marquise Brown is is not healthy. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, but I thought he looked better than he did last week, though, in yeah. terms of health. So I, hopefully yeah. he's he's getting a little better. Uh, I thought I thought uh, Saturday Lee was maybe C.D. Lamb's worst game as a Sooner so far. He didn't really have a lot of catches. He had that one really bad drop. Yeah, um, on a the, third down, I believe. On a third down. Or maybe it was the, second down. I don't know. It was second or third it was, down. It was second down, yeah. And, of course, you know, he had he had the 30-yard penalty sequence. Gosh, it's just – and then, I mean, you guess they, they had one camera angle on the replay where Kyler was just hot whenever the yep. flags were coming out. And, you know, hopefully Kyler, aside from that, he also, like, went over to Lamb and – Said, I don't know. I mean, I, we're not on the field, but I mean, yeah, yeah, just, I agree. It's just, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, I agree. He didn't play very well. And, t- and take also, away that, that I mean, if you take away that and, you know, he's he played fine. But when you add that 30 yard penalty that basically cost Oklahoma points. Yeah, that's 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 pretty terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. And, you know, it was just it's just such a weird game. I, how often do you do? You, I just I, I really do have a lot of nitpicks for the offense, and still they had 680 yards or whatever it was. Uh, but I, I think bottom line is Lee. I, the only thing that stops OU's offense is OU, and that's it. That, that's what happened last night. I I, I really think that um, with, without you know a lot of the mental mistakes and turnovers, I, I just I, I don't think Texas Tech would have gotten them off the field at all last night at all. They just physically had no chance. Yeah, and you could argue that saying, "What do you mean?" Only, I mean, Texas Tech was able to force two turnovers early in the game. I mean, that good good job on their defense. Well, I mean, we talked about earlier how both those picks were really bad. And after the game, Kyler Murray here's here's what he had to say. He said, "Well, what was I thinking? After the first one, just don't do it again." And then I did it again. And then it was just, I mean, you have kind of got to know me. I'm cool, calm, and that's the only way to to be after you do something like that. Uh, Kyler Murray for the first, eh, not the first time. He he looks he looks somewhat rattled at OU Texas kind of early in the game, and then kind of obviously figured it out. He was definitely rattled at uh, 
at, at the beginning of that tech game and it, it didn't help. Oh, I mean, to add to, to pile on to CD lamb, but uh, calling a fair catch inside the 10 yard line. I just, apparently that's not a thing anymore. I mean, I always thought the rule was, you know, as a, a special teams coach, you tell your, your punt returner, you put your feet at the 10 yard line. And if you, if you feel yourself going backwards inside the 10 yard line, just, just let it go. If they down it, you know, good on them. Uh, I don't understand the point of fair catching it inside the 10 yard line. That's just not a smart play. And it sure Murray threw a bad pick, but it definitely didn't help that he was backed up at his own four in, in a hostile environment. And that kind yeah, of just got, got everything going. Yeah, CD wasn't great last night, and and also he did on Kyler's second pickley. CD got absolutely blindsided on a brutal hit, as well. And I I wonder if that contributed to him just being hot last night. Um, yeah, it was it just, chippy. He, I know Curtis Bolton was quoted as saying it was real chippy out there, and but I mean he kind of liked it because that's just the way football is, and that's just the, sometimes that's the environment you're in. So I mean it's not like he was complaining about it. But yeah, it yeah, was a, um, that, so yeah, CD Lamb. I'm sure that had part of the reason why he was so hot. Uh, another thing, Lee, that stood out to me. Another what kind of felt like a mismanaged end of half situation with uh, with the offense. Uh, that that kind of reared its ugly head again yeah. for the first time in about a month, and that was a concern. So yeah, I mean, I, I think really the, the the biggest thing to take away from this game was that the the inconsistency of this team is just blinding, just because. We the Texas game happens, and then they respond with what a lot of people think are maybe their two most complete games of the season, and then we see just an undisciplined and a team that really lacked poise at times come out on Saturday night, and it's just, I Lincoln Riley needs to get a hold of his team. I the the, the consistency needs to be better. I think that's clear to anyone who really watches them. Yeah, it's I mean he's still a super young dude, and he relates so well with these players, and I'm sure he he still remembers and thinks back to when he played in college and he knows exactly what it's like to be a player and he he's probably trying his best to still kind of be you know, one of the guys out there and I mean just something like not taking CD Lamb out of the game after those two penalties and keeping him in I mean that's yeah that does kind of bother me a little bit because it's I, I clearly Lincoln Riley is he's a player's coach you know that's one of the you know, players love him players love to play for him and that's that's great you know that's fine but Historically, I'm just not the biggest players coach kind of guy because players can take advantage of that and they can get lax and they can get lazy and, and they don't feel like there's any sort of uh, like father type figure or any sort of disciplined figure. And, you know, it's it's about finding that balance. And it's easy for me to sit here as a non coach and say that I know it's incredibly difficult to be a head co coach. And, and this is only Riley's second year. But but yeah, I mean, there's certainly some con inconsistencies there and I think it's one of those things where you only are going to learn and get better with just experience. And, uh, yeah, I guess the, and you kind of touched on, it, I think very early in this podcast with all the negative stuff, you know, I'm more negative on the defense. You're kind of more negative on the offense in this one, all the negative stuff falling behind by two touchdowns on the road at night and Oklahoma still won the game. And honestly, it was only five points spread, but I, there wasn't really any moment when I was deathly afraid of Oklahoma losing that game. And that might sound like kind of a hacky thing to say, but it's all based on the offense. I, and the fact that Texas Tech's defense is not good. I just, I knew that Oklahoma would be able to run the football pretty well. And that would probably help Kyler Murray settle down. And it did. And Oklahoma's offense 
played better and they should have separated more in the third quarter and they didn't and for reasons why you brought up earlier but it's yeah it's just so you know me i i care about national titles and i i know i should be more excited about a team that's this good and is always competing for a national title and hell we're going to go into the middle of november going into bedlam and oklahoma is still in the running for a playoff spot which is fantastic it's just uh, i just i want more i'm being very greedy i want more and uh i just i want to see better defense and um that's basically it i just i i want to see better defense because i see the really good teams that have a chance to win it all and their defense is just so so good and oklahoma's is not even close to those uh um should we get to three word reviews yeah we can do that all right we'll start on twitter for our three word reviews and we did this last week with uh with um the kansas state game that new thing and i thought it'd be kind of fun actually let's let's start with ours uh do you have your three word review grant yes i do uh i'll let you kick us off what is your three word review on the oklahoma win over tech conference road win that's what i'm going with because i i I think that's what you need to take away from this game take it put it in your pocket and move on that's that and and that sticks with your positive theme of the day yeah i just I, i don't you know, the I, I really do think Alabama being dominant and seemingly unbeatable just really takes a whole lot of pressure off this season. Just enjoy it. This offense is really, really good. They still have an opportunity to get to the playoff if things shake out their way. Um, I, I think they have three very winnable games left. I, let's just have fun. Watch the offense and have fun. This is a rare podcast because I, I, it seems like normally I'm the one that's a little more positive and you're the one that's a little more negative. And I think we've kind of flipped roles today. Well, I just think this is the this is what OU's program is right now. Until they get a new voice in there defensively, they're you know they play shootouts like this. This happens. They've won games like this in the past. Uh, this this game really reminded me, Lee, of. Um, kind of that uh, from 2015, I guess this was before you were on the OU beat, but their first playoff year, they were at home playing a, a, a TCU team that was just hobbled by injuries. And it was a game they should have won by a lot. And they were in the, the middle of a playoff race. And they just they were undisciplined in the second half. Mayfield got hurt. Trevor Knight was going three and out after three and out. And they just kind of gutted out a win that was really ugly. And the defense gave up explosive plays down the stretch. And you just kind of put it in your pocket and you move on. Uh, Texas Tech is a good team. I think they're probably a top 30 team in the country when, when Bowman plays. Um, and they went on the road at night and they won. And really, they physically dominated them. And if they would have played a clean game, they probably would have won by three or four touchdowns. It is, it is really what I can take away from this. And I'm just, it just is what it is. There, there's no yeah. reason to, bent, to get bent out of shape about it. All right. Yeah, I, I do agree with your assessment that if they would have played more clean, and you take away the two Kyler picks. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the number that we put it at was 31, I think, of points over or under, whether we're gonna it's, it's acceptable or not, as far as for the defense allowing. And that's difficult because the defense was basically uh, put in two really bad spots immediately. So, you know, take those two touchdowns away, and you're, you're at, what did they score, 46? So you're, you're at 32 and not to mention the defense in a in a weird way got two points for Oklahoma, which okay, that's doesn't happen a whole lot. So yeah, it was just a really weird game to assess the defense, even though I, I, I will stick by my more negative tone. But I think you've brought up a lot of good points 
as well. So yeah, so your uh, so your three word review was conference road win. Mine is playing off of my three word review from last week. After the K State game, my three word review was committee take note, and that's because Oklahoma's defense was playing better, and I was thinking, all right, committee, like the reason why. Oklahoma can be a, a legitimate playoff contender as the, the season moves on is that the defense is actually improving, even though they had that really bad loss to, to Texas. So now I'm playing off that after the Texas Tech game. My three-word three review this time is committee, never mind. Still a long ways to go. Going to Twitter, uh, TJ's three-word review, and I know TJ, he actually used to intern at News 9 in Oklahoma City. He's now a reporter in Tulsa. So TJ Eckert, if you're in Tulsa, watch TJ. Uh, his review is don't blame defense. Okay. So a little more positive on the defense. He probably wouldn't agree with a lot of things I said in this podcast, but that's okay. Josh. Uh, oh, Josh. Uh, Josh from uh, Sports Talk 1400. He's had, uh, he's had me on his show a couple times. Thanks, thanks for uh, t- chiming in, Josh. He's going to go the Al Davis route, Grant. Just win, baby. That's his three-word review. That's pretty much where I. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty in line where I am after this game. Yeah, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, friend of the podcast. His three-word review is along more along the lines of mine. My thoughts. His his three-word review is fix the problem, and then in parentheses he puts he puts which is the defense. So uh, Ryan and I more on the same page there than uh, that. I, yeah, I, I still think it's better than it was a month ago but uh it's it's I, I think I was clearly a little getting out ahead of my skis with its praise and I'll admit to that right now um Bobby says his three-word review is winning is good <laughs> I agree just can't, win baby just do it I, I like it uh interesting one from Billy Billy says we're so close I add just add a, a, a add a little more a little more defense, and I, I agree. I just the defense. It just it needs to help him out even more. We're being greedy over here. Mark with his three word review. This is uh, this is appropriate because uh, of the way the this game played out and the way the last time Oklahoma went to Lubbock it played out. Mark says Lubbock after dark. Weird stuff happens there, man. I mean that it, the game on Saturday was not as crazy. And insane as the 2016 game, but in a in a its own way, it was damn near unwatchable and bizarre. These these games at Tech after dark, ugh. And uh, the last one from Twitter from Jared. Jared says his three word review is bad PI calls. Ugh. Uh, two of them, two of them, and uh, the one against Motley later in the game was not a bad call. Motley just like was out of control and hit the guy before the ball got there. That was, ugh. oh, and you uh, also gotta. I think after this game too, Lee, you gotta. I mean, I mean, if you're not already doing it, you have to seriously question whether or not Parnell Motley, confidence-wise, can even recover. Because Lee, even in this game, when he was in perfect position and he 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 still didn't get the results that he needed on on the one on. The, the the pass interference obviously where he played that perfectly and got a got a phantom pi called on him and then again he he was in perfect position on on Antoine Wesley in the second half when on that bomb that Wesley just made a really nice play on and it was somehow just a perfect throw from Jet Duffy I, I was just I don't and then you know he he follows it up by just that that really awful pi in the end zone I th- that was on fourth down too wasn't yep. it? yep gosh yep. 
where he's just where he just looked he was out of control and just uh, frankly looked unathletic. Well, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about at the start, where they just don't know how to play zone defense because they were they for some reason they're near the goal line they're playing zone, and they actually had it covered well. But Parnell Motley was is, is so like unsure of where his help is. I mean, Jordan Parker, I think, was a guy like right or either Barnes was like right over top of that. Like, and if the ball came down, he was there to break the play up. Like it was right in front of him. But Parnell Motley, like, I either didn't know that he had help over there or what. And like, so he was like, oh crap, this guy's going to be wide open. And that's why he was scrambling to get over there and ended up making a committing a really bad penalty. It's just you, these guys are, they seemingly are unaware of where all their teammates are on the field, which. That should not be a problem when you're in zone defense. I mean, you have a zone, cover it, and know where your other guys are. Know where your teammates are. And it's just that, I mean, that play was a problem of just not knowing how to play zone defense properly. And then just another play. I mean, Parnell, yeah, it's it's easy to, to pick on him. And, yeah, he's he struggles at time. I mean, there's another play in the first half where just a little out route, and he just – his technique's not great. I mean, he he his bail technique, and then he, he he it's these guys like don't sit, they don't make quick breaks on the ball. It's just they're so unsure of themselves, and it's not just Parno Motley. I mean, Trey Norwood didn't play all that well on Saturday. I mean, he it, he had he had tough times in the screen game, getting blocked, getting off blocks. Yeah, granted, he, I, I think he, he can't was, get off blocks at all. And granted, it's tough to get off blocks whenever the receiver is grabbing you and holding you a little bit. But that's going to happen on every play, and you still got it sucks, but you got to. You got to be physical enough to still get off of it sometimes, or get away from it enough to where like the guy, if the guy's still grabbing you, it's such an obvious hold, like your jersey's being pulled out. You can see the official has to call it. So it's just the secondary again. I to reiterate my opening thoughts or one of my opening thoughts. I just the secondary is just not very good. It's just it's not very good, and it's got to get better, especially when you're playing these teams that throw the football. We still have some although, more. Go ahead. Although although Trey Brown and Robert Barnes were good last night. I will. I will continue. But it makes to you wonder that. why is Trey Brown not playing more? Then I mean, if Trey Brown is this good, why is he not getting? Why is he not exclusively playing one of the corner spots? He is. I didn't see him come off the field once last night. Trey Norwood and Parnell Motley were on the field like almost the entire game. Yeah, I know. But yeah, uh, Motley and Norwood were kind of were kind of uh, switching off uh, garden guys in the slot. I, I realize. Did you not notice that? Well, I, Norwood, I didn't. I, like, I didn't when, recognize. I didn't recognize Brown coming off the field once last night. Oh, I mean, I, whenever I would see players getting, I, I, I didn't see him a whole lot at all. Actually, I guess I, I don't. I mean, was he not playing the wide corner spot? Was he playing like a safe, like a nickelback spot? Because I mean, there was a couple plays like where he he was there, but I didn't see him a whole lot out there. And I was wondering, okay, there's Motley, yeah, there's they Norwood. <laughs> they didn't throw to. They didn't throw his way a lot. He was on Vasher a lot of the game. Mm. Yeah, I just I, I. It was Norwood who was on Wesley a lot of the time, and gee, what, how many catches did Wesley have? Like twenty-seven. <laughs> I know in the first half, like he made one. They were like, "Oh, it's already his eighth catch." <laughs> it was still the first half. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think twenty-seven. That sounds about right. Uh, I still have some more three-word reviews to get through from Facebook, and I just had them, and I why did I click out of them? Sorry, sorry, gang. Hold on. Let me let me get back to the Facebook three, three word. This has been a great success so far, by the way. The three word reviews, a lot of uh, interaction. I, I love it. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm here. So Philip, Philip's three word review from Facebook is same old defense. It's hard to argue with that. And I know it's a it was a weird game, and the defense is put in bad spots. But ultimately, 
I think that's a fair a fair headline, a fair three word review. Uh, Chase, uh, <laughs> this is also a fair three word review. Chase says hard to watch. Now and that's it, yeah, that's that's probably the best one so at least the most accurate one so far. Well, the most accurate one, Grant, until this next one, I think that you'll agree. Benjamin, worst officiated game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true. That was, I mean, it was terrible. It was terrible. Terrible all the way around. Uh, Mark on Facebook, and I, I think Mark's got a lot of truth to his as well. Better than that. And yeah. 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 I mean, oh, you didn't play a very good game. And Oklahoma certainly is better than that. And it, yeah, I suppose the, the, the positive outlook is they got to win. And finally, uh, Sydney, big friend of the pod, Sydney. And I think this is a perfect one, and this will go. And I'll agree with this one. Grant, oh, you will too. Sydney's three-word review, glad that's over. Yeah, glad it's over and just take, <laughs> t- take the road night win against a winning team. Uh, all right. Um, boy, that's, this might have been our most like all-over-the-place podcast we've done. And uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame that on the game not ending until like 1130 or midnight. Um, I have another. Can yeah. we I, I don't want to I don't want to end this quite yet. Lee, I need to chide you for one more thing. Oh, yeah. Good. Luck. Are you are you are you finally ready to admit that LSU's offense is atrocious? I mean, Alabama made it look atrocious. It's better than Alabama made it look like. OK. I mean, this is not. I mean, Alabama's defense is good. If but this LSU's is not offense a, was atrocious, they wouldn't have scored thirty-six points against Georgia. Like, it's not atrocious. It's capable. It's not. It's not good. Like they put up thirty-six on Georgia. Georgia's doesn't. Georgia's got a good defense. They're like a top f- top what, ten, top fifteen defense. It's what short fields do for you, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider Georgia. I'd. I'd. I'd maybe say they're a top twenty-five, maybe defense. They don't defend the run very well. Uh I mean that's the only but the only thing I got right on Saturday was Georgia blowing out Kentucky. That's about the only thing I got right. Yeah, I just I mean LSU is LSU is a is a nice team, but I mean they're not Georgia's a better team. I mean that's that that was a I I think LSU beating Georgia like that was more of an anomaly. I I I think that's a game that Georgia probably wins, you know, 8 out of 10 times. Uh, I mean maybe it's just LSU's had these games this year and they've won basically all of them except for the Florida game. So it's just Yeah, I yeah, I mean, Alabama crushed them. I mean, Alabama crushed LSU, and it just sucks that all these people that were saying that it was gonna, that was going to happen happened because that's the worst thing ever to happen in college football this year, that Alabama finally gets tested, and Tua looks great, and they passed it easily. It's just like, God, it's just – what's the, again, what is the point? I, I It's just – I know that Tua is fun to watch, and they're really good, but still, it, they, they have the same Alabama – crimson jerseys and uniforms and it's just the same team and it's i hate it i i don't enjoy it at all i don't enjoy it i i see what you're saying but at least this year i think alabama this year is uniquely fun to actually watch this year they're an entertaining watch uh they certainly have not been the last two years with jalen hurts as their quarterback that guy is just severely limited uh i watched i i was watching i I watched a majority of that lsu alabama game yesterday Lay on my iPad while the OU game was going. That game was really entertaining, and it was a twenty-nine to nothing Alabama win. Just because, I mean, the the atmosphere looked really cool, and I mean, Alabama's really good. They're really good. Uh, I just, yep. I I think you know, I Clemson is also really good. I, I think Clemson's defense could probably give Alabama some some problems, and Clemson, you know, can score against Alabama. So, yeah, I think you know, I, I think, uh, and that's 
maybe I didn't have this in the opening take. I, I think I had it and I deleted it before. I, I think it sucks, but gosh, I mean, are we doing this again? I mean, legitimately, Clemson's probably the only team that can beat Alabama. Yeah, and so that's what I was that's what I was getting to. I was gonna say actually, the more the more depressing thing about this season so far is that I think we're just gonna get another Alabama Clemson thing, which which I think that is boring. I'm I'm tired of Alabama versus Clemson. Ugh. And yeah, you know, it's in a weird way, it could end up being like the most entertaining matchup between those two teams, even though they, there was a pretty crazy one with Deshaun Watson, you know, a few years ago. And but I mean, yeah, two really good defenses and Alabama's offense is really good. And with Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's offense has gotten a lot better. I mean, they're just killing people. Granted, the ACC is not very good. But Clemson's doing exactly what Clemson should be doing against these not very good teams. I mean, they're beating the crap out of them. Yeah. Which is what Alabama was doing for their entire schedule. I mean, not a great schedule, but they're beating the crap out of these teams. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like the rest of Alabama's schedule, who they got? Like they got Auburn at the end of the year. Auburn. I mean, they're going to kill Auburn. They got Auburn, their usual FCS team, which I think might be next week. And somebody. And then someone else who is who is not going to pose a challenge at all. I would say I think it's Mississippi State. It's in Tuscaloosa, though. Yeah, Mississippi State might not score any points. Uh, uh yeah, that's I they mean, might be back to back shutouts for Alabama. That's they're pretty limited. Yeah, you know I don't. It's uh it's it's tough to uh we're we're definitely at the point Lee where I think just kind of you know in a vacuum it is it, it's tough to imagine I guess you know those. Those top four teams losing, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan. But history does tell us, you know, don't don't expect that. You know, history does tell us that it's it's very unlikely that those four teams are going to remain unbeaten over the last three weeks of the year. So, it, OU just needs to keep winning and see what happens, and just you know have, like I said, have fun with it. You know, I decided, uh, and, and this is the point of the podcast where if you're still listening, thank you. That means that you really want to hear what we have to say because we're kind of just rambling on about college football. But I decided on Saturday, Grant, that my dream matchup in the playoff, it's not going to happen, but my dream matchup for an Oklahoma team would be against Michigan. I would love to see the Sooners play Michigan because I think Oklahoma's offense would move the ball. Easily is too strong of a word, but move the ball pretty efficiently against Michigan's defense because Michigan's defense would have no idea what to expect because they have – they will have not faced any offense anywhere near as that, that good all year. And I'm not afraid of Michigan's offense at all. Like, I think Oklahoma's defense could actually play okay against Michigan's offense because with the four-man front, Oklahoma's actually been okay stopping the run. And that's all Michigan can do. So I that's my dream matchup. I'd love to see Oklahoma play against Michigan. I mean, because that's I, – I don't, I don't know how that realistically could happen. That's why I said I it's not going to happen, but I – I'd love to see that. This is why this is why I think it's fun. I mean, there's be, because one of the semifinal games leaves in Dallas. That's why I mean, if if OU can just get in, if they can get lucky to maybe be playing that semifinal game in Dallas, they could have a home game. So I mean, so that's why I'm just like it. Anything could happen. They just got to get there and just. I mean, anytime that offense steps on the field, Lee, it they they can win. As simple as that. So, I. And and if if they're playing a de facto home game, then add that wild card in there. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I, I still have a whole lot. I still have a lot of confidence in this offense, I, especially the offensive line, which I think I mean is is rounding into almost certainly the best unit in the country. They're they're so dominant. Cody Ford is is unbelievably dominant right now. Except when he's punching dudes on the field. All right, let's do some. Let's just I'm just let's just do a quick little. Uh... 
since you know I, I have no problem extending this podcast right now because I'm having fun talking about college football as a whole. So let's just check out the schedules of the teams in the play. Okay, so okay, Alabama, they're they're going to win out. They're in. Okay, Alabama's, uh, and hopefully Alabama then goes on and beats Georgia. So then there's no like, oh, Georgia just beat Bama. Now they're both. That would be just the worst freaking thing ever if it's you get Bama and Georgia again in the playoff. Uh, so let's just hope that Alabama just wins out, beats Georgia, knocks, and so it's just boom, Alabama by himself. Okay, so they're the number one seed. After that, you got Clemson. I mean, I don't know who Clemson's going to lose to. Grant, I I just let me look. I guess pull up their schedule. I don't know if you have it in front of you. They're at Boston College next week. That's where game day is. Boston. They're. I mean, they're Clemson's oh, not going to lose. Goodness. Ugh. At Boston College, home against Duke, home against South Carolina. I just. It's hard to imagine them losing in those games. And then who would they play in the ACC title game? No one. Up? I mean, no one. I don't think that is capable of beating them. It was Miami last year, wasn't it? Yeah, and Miami so. lost. It'd probably be Duke, to be honest with you. If oh, I... no. Yeah. Okay, so Clemson, they're... And I know, what, two weeks oh, ago? Oh, Virginia. Whenever... Actually, I think it'd be Virginia. Oh, Sorry. God. Well, didn't... Oh, it could be Pitt. Pitt just beat Virginia. Oh, Pitt did beat Virginia, huh? So I don't know if they're... I think they're in the same side. I mean, I'm not an expert on ACC uh, divisions, so I, I don't... <laughs> I guess I could... So the internet's for i mean yeah pitt just beat uh virginia there we go there's a coastal in the atlantic clemson's in the atlantic yeah pitt, okay so pitt is four and one in the con so pitt it could be clemson and pitt oh they could play pitt in the time so yeah clemson's gonna probably win out jeez oh, um so okay there's your top two teams so after that you got notre dame so you know notre dame they they go on, they get a nice win on the road against a, a live underdog in Northwestern. Now Notre Dame's got a home game against Florida State, who is just putrid. Home game against Syracuse, who Syracuse can score points. And then they're at USC. I, I mean, it's not a lock that Notre Dame's going to win out. I, I can't imagine them losing to Florida State. Maybe Syracuse could score enough points. I think but I don't I know think if Syracuse's best, defense is good enough. I think Syracuse is the best kind of, or at least if they're going to lose, is the most likely. Um, and then other than that, with Michigan, I think you're just you're pointing to Ohio State is really the only because they're not gonna. I mean, if they have to end up playing Northwestern in the Big Ten title game, I mean that's it's over. Oh, I think really that would be really yeah. Northwestern has to win two of three to get to the Big Ten title game, and I think uh, two of those three are against Minnesota and Illinois. So, I mean, it's basically. Hmm. God, that's that's not great. I would much rather uh, I'd much rather I mean, ha- it, have it be Purdue because Purdue can actually move the football yeah, to play against I, I Michigan. Just, we'll see what happens. I, but I, I just – it's well, – we'll see. I, I don't – this is I, – I think – People worry about this stuff at this exact same time every year. And truth is, I mean, when you get into November, it's it really is just the special teams that can get through this time without, you know, unscathed. So we'll we'll see if Notre Dame and Michigan have it in them. I, I, I still think Notre Dame is, is probably the most likely to lose out of there. Um, just because, I mean, Ohio State screwed around, almost lost to Nebraska yesterday. I think Ohio State is, is, is in a pretty weird place right now. Yeah, it's uh, – it's... The only thing that Ohio State's got going for them and their chance against Michigan is that it's actually it's at Ohio State, which helps. And I mean, Ohio State's got a good offense, but for whatever reason, Ohio State cannot run the football. And so if they can't run the football against Nebraska and 
Minnesota and whoever and Purdue. I mean, they ain't going to move the ball at all on the ground against Michigan. So then you're asking Dwayne Harris to – is that did I just say his name? Dwayne Haskins. Who's Dwayne Harris? Dwayne Haskins. Uh, to just throw it around the yard. And, I mean, he's capable, but it's just – he's got to be precise all game long. And, I mean, I, man, Michigan is, is so fortunate that they just have not – I mean, Penn, again, Penn State's the best offense they've faced, and they – they dominated Penn State's offense. I mean, Trace McSorley has just been truly awful this season, Grant. Did you see his completion percentage coming into the game on Saturday? So like 50-something? I don't know. 54. I mean, remember remember last year when I was telling you, like, yeah, I'm telling you guys, Trace McSorley is not as good as you're saying. It's Well, I was a, I was a year early because, I mean, he is just so imprecise, and he's just not particularly accurate. And uh, boy, it's just there was a couple of plays in that game that that defined the rest of the game. And then once it didn't go Penn State's way, Michigan just stomped them. So, uh, I mean, that's a that was an impressive win. So, uh, yeah, now we're starting to ramble. But it's just it's ah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to be like you, uh, even though we, we decided that uh, college football was unpredictable. Man, I. I can't it's hard for me to see those top four teams lose. I'm going to be that guy, that cliched guy. Because of Michigan's defense, I can't imagine anybody really scoring on them. And their offense is just kind of good enough. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Notre Dame. But, I mean, that's a great gutty win over over uh, Northwestern on the road. I mean, that they're going to build from that for sure. So, Yeah, that's kind of the – that's one of the ironies. I think, I, I think Oklahoma and Notre Dame's wins last night are actually really similar. I think Texas Tech's a better team than Northwestern. Um Texas Tech certainly could could would have would have stretched well with Bowman with Bowman. I mean, uh, I mean they they definitely stretch defenses a lot more uh, than Northwestern. That's for sure. All right, let's get out of here. That's all of it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this podcast. We'll be back later this week to preview Bedlam. Yeah, Bedlam's next. How about that against the Oklahoma State team who just lost to uh, Baylor? So that'll be a fun preview. Until uh, until that preview show for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.